You are tuned in to the Jackson Hole Connection, sharing fascinating stories of people connected to Jackson Hole. I am truly grateful for each of you for tuning in today. And support for this podcast comes from Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling, bringing the Jackson Hole community residential and commercial food waste composting options. Call 307-733-7678 for more information. I will begin today's episode with a quote from Coco Chanel. Success is often achieved by those who don't know that failure is inevitable. And welcome to episode number 241. Before we begin, thank you for tuning in today. You can help others enjoy this podcast by getting out there and sharing it by word of mouth, Facebook, social media, that Instagram, however you listen to this podcast. I appreciate all the sharing. Send us feedback in any of those channels to let us hear what you think of this podcast. And my guest today is somebody that I've known since she drifted into town over 20 years ago, starting off working at Dude Ranches. Amy Ringholtz. And most people around town know Amy as the artist. And soon, many people will know her as a writer of a self-published book. Today, Amy shares with us the back of the house of being a professional artist, what it takes to earn a living as an artist, and why Amy puts in so much time, how she takes action and lives life with a heart of abundance through her generous giving. What we see on the outside is not always what's happening on the inside or on the back of the house. And Amy had a dream and continues to dream today. And you have the opportunity to hear from someone who knows what is involved to take a dream to reality. And that's Amy Ringholtz. Well, Amy, thank you for joining me today here on the Jackson Hole Connection. It's delightful to see you today and be able to have some time to sit down and talk to you versus just seeing you passing by on the streets. Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here and talk about our town and what I do with the town. Well, you certainly do a lot here for our community, and we will get into that. But before we begin of you sharing your partnership and involvement here in town in our community. I love hearing people's background. So where were you born and raised? Where did you get to be dirty and as a kid and rolling around in the mud? And then how did you land here in Jackson? All right. Thank you. I am an Ohio girl born near Cleveland, Ohio. I remain a big baseball fan to this day. And I went to school in, in college at Bowling Green in Ohio. I went to be an art major. I also got a degree in art education back in the day. And throughout school, kind of never had been out west. We went down to Georgia as a family on our breaks and went golfing. That was our family thing. So after school or in college, I had the opportunity to take a, a semester and travel to a different college in the country. And I thought that'd be exciting. So I went off to the University of New Mexico for a semester and I remember I got off the plane there and I saw the Sandia Mountains and I was like, what? How come hmm. no one has ever taken me to the West or to the Rockies or to the incredible, I don't know, the drama of the landscape of the West? And that was it, man. I was hooked. I felt like you know, coming home 
to a place you've never been before. Hello, John Denver. And that was it. So I went to school out there and then I came back to Ohio to finish my senior year, hung out there a couple of years teaching art and just could not get the West out of my mind or heart. And so I took a dude ranch job at the Arlesias Ranch in 2002, cleaning cabins. I just had a wonderful summer. And when I wasn't cleaning, I was painting. I got into that art association art fair at like Miller Park. And I thought I'd won the lottery. It was a very exciting day. So I did that show in August and I was just hooked on Jackson and I, I decided to come out here permanently and see if I couldn't make it as an artist. The guests that came to the Dude Ranch would go to town all day and go to galleries and then they'd come back to my little shack I stayed in and they would buy my paintings there mm. and say, we just couldn't find anything like what you were doing and we love your work. And that's how I got started. I sold about 30 paintings that summer and my roots began in Jackson Hole. 2002. 2002, kind of gathered all my things in a U-Haul and a motorcycle and a Honda Element. And I got out here and lived in a skid house and worked at the airport throwing bags until I had too many paintings to paint. And then began this journey as a full-time artist since about 2005, which has been an adventure in itself. Amy, what did it feel like to say, I now need to take the leap of committing all of your energy to your art as a career source of income and saying that, all right, I don't need to be having a side hustle as well. I'm not going to treat art as a side hustle. I'm going to treat art as my career. How did that feel? I mean, something you could never believe could actually happen. I think one of the one of the advantages the kids get to have here in Jackson is they get to actually see artists and know them and meet them and know that this is a career path that people do make and succeed. In Ohio, no one had ever heard of something like that. So hmm. I took my time in, in working at the airport part-time to just make sure my bills would get paid and then I'd paint more and more and more. And then that feeling one day of like, man, I just cannot get these paintings done by keeping this job. And that's what you're waiting for with that side hustle where you can't any longer do the other job. And I was only at the airport maybe two years. Yep. And I was too swamped with artwork and remember all of the excitement and the kind of disbelief that I was now going to be an artist full time and kind of really assume that title and understand what that job required, which is, you know, your own your own drive and self-discipline and desire and and also kind of staying true to yourself. It's a really wonderful job that it's so challenging. And yet it just keeps you on your toes and keeps you growing every single day, 20 years later. How cool. And you said that first summer you were out here, what did you produce? 30 paintings. Did you say? Yes. Did I hear that correctly? Okay. Mm -hmm. How many do you produce now a year? I guess on average over the past many years, now that I have my own gallery, artists all do it differently, which is why it's such a beautiful career, is that you can skin the cat in many different ways. But when you're showing in several galleries, you know, and you have a show there a year, that's about 20 paintings a show, you know, 100 paintings a year, I would say, is what 
average has been for me. Now that's one every three days. So it's a it's an interesting job that's kind of misconstrued where some might believe the artist kind of just lays around all day and then maybe something comes to them and they hit the studio up for an hour. You can't just roll into the studio and produce something that you're super proud of. It's such a, it's a battlefield for sure. And you're going into kind of compete with the painting and there are times when it is winning and times when you are winning. And uh, the goal is to to win in the end without overworking the piece. So just kind of the job evolves, yet there is a dedication to making a painting every three days that you cannot let up on because no one else can paint it for you. Talk about going pro. Wow. I think a lot of times people see the results of professionals. So they see your results of your artwork, but they don't see how we'll say the grinding of the sausage takes place and to produce a painting every three days is mind blowing to me. I mean, that's just remarkable. Talk about that is professional. Yeah. The overnight success story, which is hilarious, you know, that, that does not really exist. It's, it's kind of a grind and I don't want to make art sound like a grind, but you have to find the energy when you're losing to go get back in the game. And it takes that kind of a, like I haven't slept in 20 years. I love saying that to people because that's what it took to kind of get here. I would work the job, which is plenty of marketing and business and strategy and emails and run around and chaos and clean the studio and get the supplies and order them and carry them in and then carry them to the gallery, unload to the gallery. I mean, it's a full on labor job. And then when all that work is finally done and you're exhausted, now eat dinner, have a cocktail, say goodnight to everybody and head back in there to make your work. So that's how I have pulled this off is I don't sleep a lot, but also I'd have to clear my mind from all of the to-dos and the lists and um, all the obligations in order to have a space to actually breathe and pull something out that's important to me to make a painting. So I don't know how others really do it. I'm, I'm a pretty quick worker, which is a key element to actually making it in art because you have to be able to produce and keep the walls filled and make your deadlines and your shows and the deadlines that come six months before the show. Uh, but you also have to have a, a spirit and a heart to create good good things in the world, which that, that can be really challenging sometimes. You said every, you go through the whole process, you're running a business, you're an entrepreneur, you have the business side in addition to the creation side. Yes. And to get in the creation, how do you clear your mind to be in the space for you to create? Uh, this for sure has been a balancing act that I have not been very good at all these years. The, the key is that you are putting out so much. There's so many, there's so much coming from within and going out on the canvas or out into the conversations or filling or checking off the list that you have to find a way to refuel in order to create again. And I guess earlier in life, I 
I like to play sports. I'm still the Ohio girl where I like to golf, play softball, play tennis. That's kind of my scene here in Jackson. But later on, recently, I've got I got a little tiny farm going here. I got some chickens. I got a nice garden. I got three dogs that are looking at me all the time. And <laughs> this really beautiful couple acres that's like heaven on earth to me. And so I would say that now I refuel by homesteading and I'm building, build, I'm always building kind of something. And this is kind of a, a, a I don't know, probably a part that most artists feel is that they want to create, not always exactly in the same way. So building a garden and building a chicken coop and designing this room and wallpapering that room. And I just did a mural and I want to make things build things, design things, dream things. And so I kind of refuel by making other types of artwork. Hmm. And I, our gallery has turned into a, a event place in the evenings. Well, because I love to throw a party. I love the, the, uh, the planning and the layout and the tablescape and the dishes and the lighting and the music and how you feel when you walk in the room. I'm creating art in a different way. I, I love it. And you're creating art in a different way. And I've known for many years and seen for many years, you are heavily involved in the community to support others, especially in that high school realm where they're going to college to become, help raise money for them to go to college to find their path in the world of art. Yeah, I when I moved to Jackson, one of my mentors told me that I, in order to live here, which I love, and I'd love to like put this out there in the world, but in order to have this amazing gift that you get to live in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, which we are also just so lucky to be here. He's like, you got to work and contribute. You've got to have a job. You've got to contribute to this place. And then you have to give back to your community. And those two things just have always stuck with me. And I think that's such a great thing to teach our kids and to be a, a citizen of a town is to um, not only do your part, but then also do your part as far as contributing to making this a wonderful place. So off the bat, it's been a long time I have been in some way donating or giving to many, 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 many organizations that, come, that work in Jackson. And it's been a privilege to be able to use my talent to not only, you know, keep our bills paid here, but to continue to make Jackson special and also show that I do care about the people and the animals in this, in this town's future. So after doing that for a long time, finally, I felt like I'm always pushing for the dreamer because that's what I am is I say dreamers don't sleep because I'm up at night working dreaming but working so i thought that starting my own art scholarships would be the coolest way to keep encouraging the dreamer they also played a giant role in my life and the direction of my life when i won a couple scholarships in college that i really shouldn't have i, I was an art education major so i was competing with the fine artists for these scholarships and when I won them over them, it really hit me that I maybe I've got something here. Maybe I've got some talent here. And it really helped me you know, go home and say to my parents, I, I really think I want to try to be an artist first. So it, 
totally turned my life's direction because I didn't have that direction from a mentor or a parent as a kid. So these scholarships have been a big deal. The Ringholz Art Supply Awards, the RASAs, supplies are very expensive for artists. So it's hard enough just to make things, but then you got to go pay for a paintbrush that's $40. So I give out 10 of them a year. It's been a complete honor and delight to be a part of 10 different people's lives every year and give them a tiny bit of financial help, but really give them that push that I got, which was somebody sees what I'm doing and they believe in it. And that's, that's all I need. So that's what I continue to do. And I, I work with the Rotary uh, Club in Jackson and um, I work with my old high school and then I give out five across the country to artists of all ages. And it's just such a, a wonderful addition to my life and a full circle part of my story. Very gracious and kind of you to even go back to your roots. That's just phenomenal. I love it. So how did you get involved to give to or other scholarships around the country that weren't related to your high school or related to here in Jackson? I kind of tried to start my own foundation a few years ago, and then God bless you, all the foundation people out there. That's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Hi, nonprofit people. That's a lot of work, and it's it's a full-time job. And so I wasn't able to keep up all the rules and regulations of the nonprofit, so I just moved into a private, privately funded. Uh, I let 100 people apply a year from around the country. I pick five winners. I get a little scholarship from and a little boost every June. I get to just kind of see what kind of art's going on out there. And I pick people based on talent, hard work, and heart. So I have them answer a little questionnaire about those things and look at their portfolios. And then, you know, kids have won my scholarship are coming back to intern for me. People will write to me or thank me and tell me what they did or how they passed on that kind of that good karma onto others. And I'm just trying to do good in the world in whatever capacity I can handle. That is leading with a heart of abundance. And Thank you. It's beautiful, Amy. Thank you. And you have some other cool projects going as well. And I, before we get into that, you, you get it about the generosity, the abundance, the heart of, of giving. And teaching other people to be a part of the community, to be good citizens. What is the feeling you have that you could share with people? I think this is said over and over again, but it's so important to reiterate it that fame slash making some money, that feels pretty good. I mean, usually you're so tired, you can barely um, enjoy those two things. But you know what really feels good? Like really helping somebody and really making a difference for somebody, really being there for somebody. Um, active giving is so underrated sometimes that that's the best feeling you're probably ever going to feel. And it's, you know, it just is, it's so nice to complete the circle of feeling the gratitude of how I've gotten here. The people that have helped me, the collectors that have bought my paintings have gotten me to this amazing place you know, without them, I wouldn't be here. And now I can, you know, turn back, give what I can to help keep those circles continue. I could be the person supporting someone else. So I would just say that, 
you know, when you're down and depressed, where I've also found times and places, they say to go out and help somebody else in those moments because you're so wrapped up in your own pain, in your own strife. And I have found that, yes, that can help pull you out is by focusing on some other people doing other things. And I think that's just the heart of that giving emotion and feeling it. It's powerful. And everyone should give it a trash. So true and a beautiful statement and one which we should all remember because how you see someone respond from your generosity, it's priceless. It is. Priceless. Well, Amy, we're going to take a quick break to get a word from one of our sponsors, and then we're going to come back and talk about the big project that you have going on, which is very exciting. Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling estimates that approximately... 3,662 tons of food waste are disposed of in the trash in Teton County every year. This makes food waste the next frontier material in the quest to achieve the county's goal to reduce, aiming for zero waste. For more information on Teton County, ISWR's residential and commercial food waste programs, visit tetoncountywy.gov slash recycle. Change begins with each of us, one day at a time. Amy, welcome back. You just were sharing with us how you feel when you are giving to others and helping others. And as I mentioned, and you have shared with me, you have a little project Big projects. I don't want to call it a little project. It's a big project because what you've done, not many people have done. And it's happening very soon where you've done it. It's just being released very soon. Why don't you take the mic here and share with everybody what's what's going on there? Okay, this is pretty exciting. This kind of came to me in the middle of the night, if you can imagine. About four years ago, this story that pretty much kind of summed up my life as a dreamer following a dream as a rabbit. Way more interesting if you're an animal. I'd go back and give talks to my college and I'd, and I'd talk to the kids about, you know, kind of following a dream and what that takes. And I had uh, things that are going to stop you from getting there. And I call them the dream killers. That was in my lectures. And so I have a story of how the rabbit achieved his antlers and became a jackalope. We're all wondering how they got there. So it's, it's great that somebody's put some thoughts to that. I made a, a children's book. However, it's really an adult book disguised as a children's book. And someone just recently mm. said to me, aren't they all? Which I loved that little mm. thought. And so Rabbit and the Crown of Dreams has finally showed up on my porch after years and months and writings and edits and rewrites and... I painted 14 beautiful paintings that went that go into the book. Um, they're super special because they are kind of Amy Ringholz as an illustrator. So it kind of just shows me in a different light. Once again, being creative for me in a new way. And then I got to be an author, which is still a fun word to say that I never thought I would say. But I got to tell this wonderful story about, you know, feeling a, a calling. Actually, before the calling, feeling like, is this all there is? Is this it? Is this only reasons I'm here, what are they? And getting a calling to go be more than who you are and more, more than what you have to offer. And then uh, the jackalope goes on his journey and learns his way through life. 
to achieve something special. And then maybe that, that that thing wasn't exactly what he thought it would be anyway. And maybe it's even more than that. So I'm really proud of this first adventure with, with putting words to, to art and writing this story, which I feel is, it's a common story of the dreamer, but it's also told in a really fun way that relates to us here in Jackson, that the Tetons show up in the book, but they're never mentioned. But all of us from here will, will, will know the, the viewpoints of the, of the mountain. Hmm. You'll all feel connected to, this is a, a story from our place. I'm very excited that it's here. It's beautiful. It came out. It's a beautiful hardbound book with 14 gorgeous acrylic paintings painted on wood with a with a lovely storyline so i hope that everyone will kind of fall for it when you see it so we are going to release that book may 13th at the gallery we're having a kids show in the afternoon so i wanted the kids to feel like they were going to an adult art opening at a gallery except there'll be a lot of cake pops and we're going to read the story and I'm going to dedicate the books. And I love it if the kids want me to dedicate something to them specifically, like a certain sentence, like, you know, go, go number 32, go Bronx, whatever. I'm mm. excited to dedicate for the kids. And then that evening, I have some surprises for our adult book release party on Saturday. So I'm hoping that people will. I know it's a busy day, like every Saturday in Jackson Hole, but swing in there for a, mi- a minute and, and, and take a look at the book. And I hope you you know, either can love to have this in your own home or think of someone that would love this book. So we're excited to share it with everybody. We're going to start it locally, just at the gallery on the 13th. What time is that for the kids? The kids starts at noon, and I'm going to read the book at one. The adult show starts at four, and I'm going to read the book five. My kids will be in school. On Saturday? On the 13th. No. No, we could do that. Yeah. I didn't realize it. 13th. I had to look. Thank you. No school on Saturdays. No, no, we do not have our kids go to school on Saturdays. That's nice. That's good, Dad. Mm -hmm. Well, congratulations. Um, You. I'm, I'm interested. I'm, I'm a details guy. My brain goes in that direction. Um, how many books did you have to buy to have it published? Well, I self-published this round. Um, Uh I bought 2000 books. That's about all I can afford. And I'm hoping that it's a, a success and we may have to do a second edition print. Mm-hmm. Cool. One thing that's kind of cool about children's book, when I tell people that, a lot of people immediately say, well, I have a, I have a story. I'd, I really want to make a book, too. Uh-huh. And I love, that, I love that thought that we all have had you know, a storyline in our lives that we think is important enough that it's worth repeating and sharing. And so I just want to take that little two seconds to encourage everybody out there. If you do have your own story, you know, don't wait. Don't wait for the perfect printer and the perfect artist to tie up with it. Write it down yeah. and and share it, you know, with, with, your, with people and with your kids and all that. But I love that we all have a story. Just want to set that out there. And all of those pictures, the 14 pictures, what's, what's happening with those? Are they going to... Oh. I, yeah. I, I'm excited about this as also a gallery and artist and gallery owner that we, I want to sell these 14 paintings because they're lovely and I think people will fall in love with them. So I've decided instead of you coming in the gallery and there's a red sticker on there and you're heartbroken that it's sold, 
the coolest and best thing to do would be to have an auction for them. So uh, I'm going to let the book um, come out for the summer and let everybody see it and hopefully fall in love with the page and maybe find a place for a page in your heart and in your home. And then we're going to do a live auction August 19th in the gallery that's also going to be something that's online. So if you don't live in Jackson, you can also have that opportunity to bid on a painting and then everyone will get a get a fair shot at each piece. And then I just want to like reiterate the specialness of that, that these paintings are going to be seen by thousands of people in these books and how how cool to have mm. an original from that book, especially mm-hmm. if it really speaks to you or one of the images really touches your heart. I just, I think there are 14 very, very special pieces and there's only one original. So it's just a great opportunity to collect something special that maybe this book could go on and on and on and then these, and these images would be just um, highly regarded. So we're very excited about the second half of the book, which is the artwork. And with your heart of generosity, is there a plan that you have for the funds generated from the sale of the book and or the sale of the paintings? Well, um, I guess I haven't really gotten there yet. I am going to give a book to all of my scholarship winners this year. So that's a start. Possibly they could lead that, that some funds from that could lead back to the scholarships as well. Cause that's what it's about. Awesome. Dream following. Yes. Mm-hmm. And curious question. You said, did I hear you correctly that these are painted on wood? Yes. These are is, acrylics is, wood panel. Okay. Acrylics on wood panel. Is that normal? Your a lot of what I've seen you do is on canvas. Are you doing wood as well? What I'm able to do on wood is um, I use pencil and I mm-hmm. can get more detailed and show more of the environment in a more detailed way around the animals. So a lot of my paintings are oils on canvas and they have to do kind of with being close up to the subject. And then these book pages just really, they needed to show so much more of the story. And the best way for me to do that mm-hmm. is with a pencil and the most interesting way for me to do that is to draw on wood. And then I used wood stain and acrylic paint to kind of build up these paintings. So the pages look like they're, they're on a wood green. So it's got this cool illusion where the page looks mm-hmm. like wood. And it just kind of added a, a depth to, to each page in the, in the book. So I've, I use wood and I draw on wood in the gallery and I sell that as well. But these are just different that there's an illustration piece to it that's um, something fresh and childlike i i I love it amy thank you dreaming it's so important and i can just hear hey get your head out of the clouds stop (laughs) dreaming but it's dreams that bring about new things in life where would we be without dreams exactly that's the start the creativity and the dreams kind of go hand in hand and when i say dreamers don't sleep it means because they're up working they're not Mm. laying in bed having amazing dreams of life they're up working on those dreams which hard work and a dream can maybe get you somewhere i'm gonna challenge what you just said you said maybe it can get you there get you somewhere i i think the dreams and the hard work can get you somewhere it might not be where you originally thought you would go i think we have to all be prepared with once when we start taking action and putting in that hard work for our dreams we could end up in a different place, but then we have a new dream. Yep, that's true too. 
Yeah. And then maybe that giving back that, um, that good karma plays a role too. I feel as though it does. And mm -hmm. as a Rotarian, thank you for all the years of your commitment to the Rotary Scholarship Fund. That is thank for, you. It's been uh, which is, I am just still in awe of you producing on average, you know, it comes out to three painting, a painting every three days. Yeah, because sometimes a painting can take you a week or two weeks, depending on its size or how hard it is. So I have several going at the same time. And, you know, some don't make it. Some are in detention in the back of the barn. <laughs> but uh, they're going to remain there until they're allowed out of there. their face against the wall. So I didn't just get all that bad juju out of the room. I haven't had a weekend off. Let's just say that. I don't have a, there's no week and weekend in my life. So that's the job. I love the job. That's how I can keep up as, as I work a lot. And luckily I love my work. So that's kind of my lifestyle. Well, would you say that when you love your work, it doesn't feel like work? And yeah, maybe work has a bad connotation to it. You know, work, work isn't bad. Work is, you're growing and becoming, you know, a better you and hopefully learning and succeeding. And there's a lot of great things with working. But of course, you know, if you're working with a bunch of paint all day, it can't be that bad. I work with a bunch of bottles all day. It's not that bad. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. Well, Amy, what is a great way for people to contact you and to keep an eye out for this August 19th auction? And I would guess that they can buy the books on your website, too, in addition to being in the store. Yes. Would that be possible? It is. So um, we're just waiting for the release date so that um, everything can be ready to roll. So May 13th, you know, probably early in the morning, they'll be available online. We'll ship them to you mm -hmm. or they'll be available in the gallery. It just keep an eye on Ringhole Studios. We'll be in the paper and we'll have shows throughout the summer. We have events at evenings if you need a place for an event, a small dinner party. It's a really lovely space to be downtown and close to an after party at the Cowboy Bar, let's say. And then the book, hopefully we'll start at the, the gallery and then move on to some t shops in town. And hopefully you'll be seeing it around. And anytime I'm around, I'd love to dedicate it for you. So if you do get a book and then you're uh, in the gallery later on this summer and I'm around, I'd love to write in there for you. So that's kind of a fun thing to do too. But we are on Broadway. We have our website at ringhallstudios.com. And uh, we'd love to see you. We're open every day, 10 to 4. Thank you, Amy, for Thank you. your kind heart, your your generous outlook, and abundance of living. Thank you for having me. It was fun. You got it. We'll see you soon. You too. Bye. To learn more about Amy and her book, Rabbit and the Crown of Dreams, and the other works that she's done, visit the JacksonHoleConnection.com episode number 241. Thank you, everybody, for listening today. Get out and share this podcast with your friends and families, Instagram and Facebook. Do you know if somebody would like to be a guest? Send us their name. We'd love to have them. Take care, everybody. Look forward to seeing you back here for the next episode of the Jackson Hole Connection.